I feel like what makes a good friend is that they really see you for who you are and they really love and accept you for all of who you are and celebrate you when you're having a really great moment and support and love you when you're having a really hard one. Welcome. You're listening to Let It Out with me. I'm your host, Katie Dalebout. This is a podcast I've been hosting for a while, since 2013. And today's guest is a guest that's been on the show, honestly, I've lost count, maybe five or so times. It's my best friend, Simi Bodich. She's a wonderful human being, my best friend, the coziest person in the world to me. She is also a author. She wrote this book last year called Letting Go of Leo, which you should definitely read if you haven't already. I got to write the foreword, which is pretty cool. And she's a intuitive eating coach and writer and just really creative person. You can listen to her whole situation, her whole story. She used to be an attorney and, and now she she does the work she's doing now in multiple episodes back. But today we're talking about something specific. We're talking about friendship, not just our friendship, but friendship in general and loneliness and relationships and the 90s. We talk about the importance of shared vulnerability in friendships, the importance of female friendships, friends feeling like family, and how it can be hard to make friends and keep friends and prioritize friendships in your 20s and 30s and beyond harder than it is when you're a kid or in college and high school. This all came about because I went to visit Simi and Tim and her son Osh this week. I spent like a week with them and it was so cozy and wonderful. And it's like all of my mental health things kind of just dissipated when I was around her. I think it was just because I was out of my normal environment where I wasn't having to make choice after choice after choice. And just being somewhere cozy. I was like in this womb of, you know, Simi land in her beautiful house with her cooking and her family. And it's just, we can't go on a walk in Columbus, Ohio with her not running into like 12 people. It was like a joke yesterday. We got home from a walk and we literally ran into maybe 10 people on the walk. It was so wonderful. They have the most beautiful neighborhood. And anyway, I just loved being in Columbus with them. And my point in bringing all of this up is that long distance friendships can be challenging and prioritizing seeing friends like you do your family and work and all of these things can be really hard. But Simi has taught me how to be a good friend in our relationship. And I think we do a pretty good job of seeing each other and making it work and checking in with each other and talking to each other. And Anyway, we wrote this article together. We co-wrote this article that came out in the most recent issue of the print edition of The Fullest Magazine, which is a magazine that I write a column for every single month. Maybe you know that, maybe you don't. But check out The Fullest and definitely get this issue of the 90s magazine. The link is in the show notes to pick that up. But we wrote this article 
that was about everything we learned about friendship. We learned from the 90s and television and movies from the 90s because that's something we really bonded over in our friendship early on. And we just kind of made this silly, funny article that we read out loud together in this episode that you're about to hear. But anyway, I just, I'm so grateful for all of my friends, all of my I really only have girlfriends for some reason. I'm open to having friends of a different gender, but it just uh, hasn't shaken out that way, really. But anyway, this winter, these last six months, my friends have been so important to me. And I'm not even going to cry talking about it because I'm just going to move on into the episode. But if I tried to talk about this more, I probably would cry because the amount of love and support I've found from my friends has just been really inspiring and cool and made me feel less alone and I want to talk about friendship more. But before we get to my episode with Simi, I have a huge announcement. I'm so excited that I am going to be at the Emerge Music Festival in Las Vegas at the end of the month. It's the weekend of the 30th. And I have a giveaway. I get to give away two all-access tickets to the festival. This festival is so cool. Andrew Bird is playing, Yolklore is playing, and so many other musical acts. It's, it's really, really tremendous. Previous podcast sponsor and good friend of mine, the founder of Little Space, Lil Space, L-I-L Space, <laughs> the app that helps you get off of your phone and focus on in-person connections, which is such a great fit to this conversation that you're about to hear with Simi and I. She and I are doing a little space, let it out, that's a tongue twister, lounge, an alliteration, you know I love those, at the Emerge Music Festival. It's going to be so great. And like I said, I'm giving away two all-access tickets to the festival, plus a one-year subscription to Blueprint, which is the NBC online learning platform that I have my journaling course. So you're not just getting my journaling course, you're getting a one-year subscription. It's an $80 value to Blueprint where you can learn everything you want to learn, honestly. Everything from cooking to crocheting to hand lettering to journaling of course to writing all types of writing it's it's really great I, I love blueprint so much so they're giving away a subscription i'm going to give away a signed copy of my book and then you'll also get to come and hang out with me we're calling it a meet and greet with it says on here a meet and greet with katie in the little space let it out lounge but you know that's coming to hang out with me which would be wonderful and so yeah that's it that's that's all you win but that's that's a bunch so you get two all-access tickets to this festival plus a year subscription to blueprint a copy of my book and hanging out with me in the let it out little space lounge that we're doing at this music festival i'm so excited i'm interviewing so many cool people we're doing these live conversations it's going to be probably the coolest thing i've ever gotten to do in my life so To enter, all you do is comment an emoji, the emoji for this week's episode, which you'll find out at the end, on the most recent post on my Instagram. I posted about Emerge and The Lounge. And so just make sure you go on there, follow me, follow Blueprint, follow Little Space. Little Space is at Get Little Space. And Emerge is Emerge L be so it's all in the show notes and then of course me i'm at katie Delba. and then you just go to once you do all of those things then you go to my website slash giveaway the link is in the description and you can enter to win and the deadline is the end of the day pacific time on 
May 27th. So that's 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on May 27th, which is coming up. So enter the giveaway. All you have to do is follow Blueprint and Lil Space and Emerge and me and comment on my Instagram and then go to the link and that's it. So hopefully I'll see you there and enjoy my episode on friendship. Thank you guys so much for being my friends. And I'll talk to you guys at the end with some fresh likes and learns. Today's episode is made possible by Ned. Ned is a company that I love. I got to talk to the founders recently and they're these really lovely, kind people. Ned makes CBD products that are organic and whole and everything is slow crafted in small batches. They know their farmer who's this lovely, lovely guy who plays music for the plants and they make these full spectrum hemp products that are energetically infused with love and gratitude and positive vibes and I just really, really love this company. CBD has been really helpful to me and specifically Ned's products. I love them so much. They say that they make them with gentle, slow extraction. So they extract from the hemp flowers, otherwise known as the buds, and that makes their product different from anything else on the market. So what is CBD? CBD is not going to make you high. It can't. It just doesn't do that. It's the part that is non-psychoactive. It's not the same thing that you think of when you think of you know traditionally smoking weed cbd is like i said non-psychoactive but what it does help with is being a sleep aid it's been used to treat insomnia it can be anti-inflammatory it can be a natural pain reliever it's been used to help with anxiety and ptsd and to treat depression it's rich in antioxidants anyway it has a lot of benefits that different people use it for i'll tell you what i use it for i use it when i'm going out and a social situation or about to record a podcast, it just kind of smooths the edges and it just kind of makes me feel more in my body. I'll take it in the evening before bed sometimes. I'll put it a few drops in my smoothie or I'll just put it under my tongue. I really love it and I think you guys should try it. And if you want to get 15% off, well, do whatever you want, but you know, if you want to try it, try it is what I mean. And if you want to get 15% off, definitely use the code let it out at checkout. That's let it out for 15% off and you also get free shipping. So you just go to www.helloned.com slash let it out and use the code let it out in the, you know, checkout and you'll get 15% off. Hi, Sim. Hi. Hi. Thank you for doing my podcast the third, maybe fourth time. It's like such a treat to be, such a treat to be back. You're the best. I'm so happy you're here. We are in Columbus, Ohio. I'm with Simi, who is the best friend in the world. She's probably my example for friendship. And I'm so happy to call you my best friend. Well, I feel the exact same way. I'm visiting her and we've been talking about friendship a lot over the course of the last couple months and this weekend. And we decided about two minutes ago to record this podcast. (laughs) And here we are. We're so, so in the moment and spontaneous yeah. and flexible. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are actually. And I get a lot of, I, that's one thing. I just being around you this weekend, I said to you, I just said to you, I was like, it's just so good for me to be around you. I want you to be contagious because you have so many qualities that I admire. 
And so thank you for letting me stay with you for like a week. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. I love having you here. It's like just uh, we're one big happy family. Mm-hmm. You did, your husband just washed my underwear. So <laughs> we really are family. And your son put lotion all over my legs. He's so good at lotioning that's legs. What that's what we did this weekend. <laughs> we really are family. Okay. So we thought we would talk about friendship. We want to gauge how everyone listening feels about friendship. And we want this to start a conversation. I think it'd be cool if this could be a conversation. Maybe we could talk about this on our Instagrams or we want to talk about friendship more and do more about friendship because I had this author, Kayleen Schaefer, who I've told you about on the podcast, who wrote this book called Text Me When You Get Home about female friendship last year that really had an impact on me and thinking about friendship in our 20s and 30s. And so I found this article in the New York Times. It came out like a year ago, but I was reading it to Simi today while we were eating lunch. And I'm going to read a paragraph from it now, but it says a recent study found that the maximum number of social connections for both men and women occurs around the age of 25. But as young adults settle into careers and prioritize romantic relationships, those social circles rapidly shrink and friendships tend to take the back seat. Also in this article... They say that an estimated 42.6 million Americans over the age of 45 suffer from chronic loneliness, which significantly raises their risk for premature death, according to a study by the AARP, which is terrifying and so sad. The main point of that is that loneliness is a really big deal and really important. And the the other thing is talking about having most of your friends and most of your social connections before the age of 25 and then how friendships take a backseat to careers and romantic relationships. So has that been the case in your life and how I know that I know that you're a really good friend and you're really good at prioritizing that. So how has that not been the case in your life? Well, I would say that I have always been a really social person I consider myself extroverted Mm -hmm. and I have always really loved having friends and having close girlfriends. I have never been someone who has like many guy friends at all, but love having close girlfriends. And I would say for me that actually the older that I get, the more valuable my friendships become and the more close and real they become. So I feel like my friendships have continued to improve over time, but I definitely think that it requires effort and different effort at this point. Like I'm 33 now being 33 versus being 22. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things competing for my time and attention and energy and not just mine, everyone. Like I think that's true for everyone and trying to figure out how to prioritize all the things that are important to me, whether it's family, my business, and of course, like my friendships, both friends who are local in Columbus, which looks different than like long distance friendships and like really prioritizing, you know, taking trips and visiting those people and like creating connection. And what does it look like to cultivate like intimacy in a friendship, like long distance? And also like, what does it look like to cultivate intimacy in a friendship that isn't long distance and balancing that like with everyone's needs. But one thing that for me has been like a big shift over the last decade is I think for a long time, I really struggled in my relationship with myself 
I really struggled in just feeling connected to my worth and feeling like I was lovable. And I think that impacted my friendships in that I wasn't able to be as close to people because I didn't trust that people like really wanted to love me. So for me, like while it might have been quote unquote easier to have friends when I was younger because I didn't have as many obligations, emotionally, it's so much easier for me to be really just like really present and really like grateful for my friends now than it was back then. Even if logistically, like it's a bit trickier because there's like more things on, on my plate, but emotionally I just like love, love, love to love my friends. And I really love like letting them love me back Mm -hmm. too. So that's something that I feel like has gotten easier with age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think makes a good friend. When I think about my, when I think about my, all my like closest friends, mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are all different in your own ways and you all have things that make you so unique and special, but the similarities between everyone that you guys all make me feel so accepted for who I am. And I never have to perform if that makes sense. I can show up fully being myself. And some days that might be me on a good day. And some days it might be me on like a really hard day. And I never have to, I never have to like hold back or hide the painful moments or the things that are hurting or the ways that I'm feeling insecure. I can share all of that and also can share the good stuff and feel really celebrated. So I feel like what makes a good friend is that they really see you for who you are and they really love and accept you for all of who you are and celebrate you when you're having a really great moment and support and love you when you're having a really hard one. Don't you feel like when you're, we've talked about this, when you're vulnerable with a friend or you share something hard, that that opens the door for them to feel comfortable and safe when, when they have something to share. One million percent. Yeah. Because I think what I was going to say was asking you to talk about what I think makes a good friend is vulnerability or what makes a good friendship is shared vulnerability. Yeah. And that can be scary and that can take time. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately you'll start to do it a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit more until it becomes the, the norm in the friendship. And that creates a bond and a closeness that creates intimacy. Yeah, totally. Because I don't think you can feel, well, I shouldn't say you, I don't think I could feel fully safe and loved in a relationship to share things, to share like intimate things in my life or things that are hard or things that are good or my dreams or any of that with someone if it was Mm one-sided. If it was just me sharing and them listening, but them never sharing back, I don't think that would feel safe. That's like a therapist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like you, you both say like, I want to be like in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. Like I want to know what's happening in your life and I want to be there for you. And I want you to know what's happening in my life. And I want you to be there for me. Like it's so, it's so reciprocal and not that it's, always 50, 50, because I don't think that's true in any relationship. I think at different moments, one person is probably listening a little bit more. And then another moment it's 
the opposite and it shifts, right? So it's going to ebb and flow, but over a course of time, like it's so beautifully like reciprocal. And I feel like that's what helps to create the trust and the intimacy and the, and this feeling safe to be vulnerable. Yeah. I think honestly, like in our relationship, I think early on, I remember admiring you so much and like looking up to you and feeling like I was, I was aware of your job as a coach. And I was like, I don't want to be a burden to you. I don't want you to feel like you're having to work when you talk to me on the phone. And I remember being saying all the time to you, like, I don't want you to feel like this is one of your clients, or I don't want you to feel like, and you had to assure me, like, you're my friend. You're, this is not that relationship. This is a friendship. And Mm -hmm. it took me a, a while to feel safe. But then honestly, when you shared with me something that you were struggling with or something that was hard for you, I remember feeling so much relief of like, oh, not that I was happy at all that that you were going through that, but to be like, oh, I can be there for her now. Yes. Like it felt like you trusted me with something safe and intimate. And I was, it was, it felt really good. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it wasn't like, I was like, oh, now I can, now I can burden her with all of my things. (laughs) You know, I was doing that anyway. And I still do. But it was, yeah, it felt, it felt two-sided and it felt like, oh, it felt really, I felt really honored that like you felt safe enough to, to share with me. And I think that's the thing about friendship is it's a, it's a really big honor to be someone's friend. Mm -hmm. It's like such an honor to get to, to get to be that person in someone's life and to get to have that role. And I think it is just like one of the greatest gifts of being human and when you are someone's friend, you do want to help them carry their weight. Mm -hmm. Like they're, you know, you want to, you want to listen to what they're going through. And, and also you care about them. Like you want to know them. Like if I care about someone, like I really want to know them. Like I care about you. I want to know you. I want to know what's going well. I want to know like what's feeling hard and not in a way where I'm trying to coach it or fix it or, anything, but just in a way where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want this person to feel alone. I love them so much. I want to like be in it together. Like, let's just be in it together. And I think that's, to me, that's what like real friendship is, is like, okay, we're going to be in it together. And when you're flying high, like we'll fly high together. And when it's really, really low, we'll just cry together and like be in it. And it's just a lot of that. (laughs) It's been, I'm so, and I'm so grateful for that because it would have this, Man, I mean, I think like of my life, I'm like, dang, the last two years without good friends, I can't even imagine. It's nice to know that that you have somewhere to turn outside of your romantic partners and outside of your work and outside. I think like Esther Perel talks about this all the time of like not having your partner be everything to you is really important too. And having diversifying where you're turning. And yeah, you're you're really good at long distance friendship and checking in. And I'm sure you're a great proximity friend as well, but you're really good at checking in with people and being so thoughtful and remembering things. How do you do that? (laughs) I, I feel like everybody, everybody can be good at that with like two, I feel like two things help. I don't think I'm always great at that at all, but I feel like one when you think about someone, just let them know. Mm-hmm. I think all of us are walking around thinking about people that we care about. I don't mm-hmm. think that that is, 
a unique skill or something, right? Like we are all walking around and someone pops into our mind or we think of them or we think of a good friend or whatever it might be. And it's just like going the teeny tiny, I don't even want to say extra mile because it doesn't even have to be a mile. It can be like the extra inch Mm -hmm. where you just pull out your phone and text someone and say like, how are you doing? Or Mm -hmm. let's catch up on the phone this week or whatever it might be. I miss you. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing is really knowing that I don't think you can be best friends with every single person and that there are going to be those handful of friendships where you are, where you are giving more of yourself like emotionally to those and that it, that doesn't have to be every single friendship. And that doesn't mean that other friendships aren't valuable in their own mm-hmm. way. And that those people don't mean a lot to you. Yeah. But I think it's like going the extra inch and just letting someone know when you're thinking about them and letting them know like how much they mean to you and checking in with them. And then the other thing is, you know, just having, having those people who you, who you really care about and putting in the extra effort with them. Yeah. My, my grandma said that you can, I've told you this, that you can really only have five friends that you can count on one hand. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. You definitely have more than five friends. I have more than five friends, but I think there's probably five people that I like share my tenderest things with Mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. And I think to have more than that at once, it's just like to go that emotional with everyone. I don't think I could hold the space for much more than five people. Totally. And there isn't necessarily time for it, right? right. Because, right. you know, we were saying at the beginning, everybody has a lot of a lot of things that are competing for their personal resources, mm-hmm. like their time and their energy. And so if like full-time friend was a job role and then also you could do it in your free time, like that would be amazing. But I feel like we also have other things yeah. that we have to devote our time to in our life as well. So it's like, there really isn't necessarily time to be everything to everyone. We don't have the bandwidth to be everything to everyone. And Tim always says, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And I remember when we were first together, I was like, well, I'd rather have a hundred quarters, but we would talk about that. And I definitely had that mindset where I was like, well, I'd rather have like a ton of great friends. And I think that as the years have gone on, I really realized that like having those few people who you just have really like deep, amazing relationships with, and you really show up for each other and you love each other and you laugh together and cry together. And it's just the real deal Four quarters is like such an amazing, like such an amazing wealth. Mm -hmm. And there really wouldn't be the bandwidth to have that with everyone. And it doesn't, that doesn't need to be the case, but I do feel like that in the current, and I know you and I talk about social media like all the time and how it impacts us and how it impacts relationships and stuff. But I think it's confusing because social media creates kind of this, I don't want to call it like a false sense of connection, but it's like a different sense of connection to a lot of people. And so we feel really exposed to a lot of people's lives and we feel like pseudo connected to a lot of people. And I am really grateful for social media for the like initial connection Mm -hmm. that it can provide with someone. But I think real like deep, meaningful connection has to be like taken off of 
like has to be taken off of the internet and has to be like taken off of that app. And I feel like that can be a, it's a really confusing thing to open up your phone and all of a sudden know what's happening in so many people's lives and, you know, be DMing with someone or, you know, commenting back and forth or liking each other's pictures. And it's this like sort of connection, but it's not necessarily the deep, like the deep feeling. And so I feel like that can also create a weird false sense of connection, which then leads to like greater loneliness. And I know sometimes I can get off of Instagram and feel really lonely. Yeah. You're getting like a hit of it, but it's not real. It's fleeting. Right. And that our friend, our our good friend, Renee Brown said this thing. <laughs> that somebody asked about social media at this talk she gave at the wing. And she said, social media is a communication tool, not a yeah. connection tool. I love that. And I think that's really true. I mean, I do feel closer with you as someone who doesn't live in the same state as you because of social media. I get to see your son grow up and I get to see him every single day and I get to see pictures of you and see your life. And if you weren't active on social media, we would still talk on the phone, but I wouldn't have that visual reference. And like, that's nice. But also if I just, we talked about this in the car today. Like if I found out you were pregnant on social media, I would be horrified and totally mad at you, you know? Totally. And so you have to, you have those friends that like are going to find out things about your life and keep it. And I would and keep in touch with you only on social media. And you have the friends that you text and that you talk to on the phone and that you see in person. And I think that those connections are different. Those relationships are yeah. different. And those people who aren't the people that you text and talk on the phone and make plans to see are acquaintances mm-hmm. and the other people are friends and acquaintance maybe isn't the right word. Maybe it's something like ele- more elevated than an acquaintance, but I was feeling like I shared this with you that I had like a lot of acquaintances, maybe it's a different word, but I had a lot of casual friends, casual friends, I guess. And, and they didn't feel like friends. They just felt like people I knew, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, lovely people, but like, I didn't feel close with them. It felt kind of, you know, it, it just felt like a meeting almost. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wasn't connecting. I wasn't and this year, honestly, like in the lap, because I was going through such hard, vulnerable things, I'm the people who have been in my life have just risen to the top, like the few people. And I've just committed to the few people that I've wanted yeah. to commit to. I've been vulnerable with those people. And it's led to such richness in my relationships that I never would have imagined before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can be such a gift of going through a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Um not that we have to like sugarcoat hard times or make them sound like yeah. they're wonderful to go through, but I do feel like it can create deeper connections with people in our lives if we're willing to like open up and share about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it bonds you, mm-hmm. you know, it, I feel closer to you. You were the first person I called crying when I was like having a trouble in my relationship. And I don't know why I felt so comfortable with you. I don't know. You were the first person I like shared that with. And I was met with such safety and compassion and nurturing and that I felt safe to do that. And I, and I, and then I think because you met me with so much kindness, I felt like I could be that vulnerable with, with other friends too. But I, I think, and I'm not going to be emoting with everyone. Like there are relationships who were like, they're lovely people and I would consider them friends, but like, I would never go. I, we don't have that sort of a relationship and that's fine, but they're, yeah, they're just some people that you can just go 
deep with, I guess. Totally. I think that the true measure of friendship is to be able to meet someone where you are and, and be met there Mm -hmm. and know that they're going, you're going to be able to meet them there and vice versa. Yeah. Whatever that is good or bad. And it's not always heavy. We also bond over the fact that we love nineties. Yes. So (laughs) we also laugh and like talk, we're we're not always talking about our feelings. I mean, honestly a lot, but, (laughs) (laughs) but we also talk about like, you know, TV and yeah, and and how TV and, makes us feel. TV, yeah, <laughs> God damn it, it's always our feelings. Yeah, we also talk about light things sometimes. Yes, we love the '90s, and we wrote an article for the fullest, the print edition, a couple months ago. That was really great. We, were, I was like reading it over before we recorded this, and I was like, this is pretty cool. We should share this more. And the whole print edition, like every yes, article in, in it is like all, it's all 90s themed. So it's just a really, really fun It's a magazine. really fun magazine. Everyone should get it. We both have a copy. There was even a recipe for Lunchables in there. Did mm-hmm. you see that? And like homemade Pop-Tarts. And it's a really, really fun issue. Were you Pop-Tarts or Toaster Strudel person growing up? Oh my gosh. Both, but Toaster Strudel's at home. But I would get like a Pop-Tart in a vending machine uh-huh. if I was out. But I... Loved a toaster strudel and a, a toasted toaster strudel with that frosting that uh-huh. came in the container. Oh my God. So good. What about you? We were more, we like always had Pop-Tarts at our house. So I would say Pop-Tart person, but I mean, any chance I had to eat a toaster strudel, I was thrilled to do so. I even remember my mom buying like a very gross, like egg stuff toaster strudel. Do you remember those many chance? No. Yeah. I guess it's like more like a savory toaster yeah, strudel. Yeah, it was not good. It didn't have icing though, did it? No, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so we, who knows? Sweet and salty might have worked. So we wrote this article called All We Need to Know About Friendship We Learned from the 90s, based on our favorite lessons from the 90s, based on our favorite 90s television and movies references. So we're going to read that aloud and then have a author commentary about it. I'm so excited. And I feel like this was so fun to get to do since really early on in our friendship. I feel like the nineties was one of the very first things that we bonded over. Yeah, I think it was too. I remember a night, one of the first nights I visited here, maybe like the second time I came to visit, I remember you, Tim and I making dinner in your kitchen very, very loudly. You didn't have children then. And we listened to nineties music dancing. Remember? That was so you fun. Sunny Charmed Life. Favorite song name. ever. Also my favorite song. Maybe that was like the first thing we bonded mm-hmm. over. Yeah. And then there was like many a barbecue where we listened to 90s music. Yes. And then here we are. Okay. So will you start us off? I would love to. Isn't it wild that at this moment in time, we can be connected to more people than ever before with a simple swipe of a thumb, yet so many people feel they're missing true connection. In a world full of likes, views, and follows, why does it feel so hard to cultivate real friendship? As Cher Horowitz says, I don't want to be a traitor to my generation and all, but everything we know about making real life friends, we learned way before social media apps, friend requests, and emojis. That was such a good line. Let's just pause it quickly. <laughs> also, just Simi wrote that line. We wrote this together, but she did write that line. We saw Clueless the musical together in New York. It was so good. So we good. It. So, so good. Okay. Carry on. All right. Sure, Instagram can be a great spot to meet someone. It's actually where we met, 
But to cultivate something deeper, we found it helps to take it offline as soon as possible. One of the many things we bonded over early in our friendship was our mutual admiration for the music, style, television, and movies from the decade we grew up in, the 90s. Even when the content or quality doesn't hold up to our taste as adults, we've loved revisiting the nostalgic, cozy, and hilariously fun feeling of feelings of the content we loved as kids together. In this article, we'll explore the beauty, depth, and dimension of friendship through the lens of our favorite 90s media, sharing how the timeless lessons and nostalgic characters have helped us build and maintain true female friendship in this new century. Because all we really need to know about friendship, we learned in the 90s. So true. And this holds up because we watched a 90s movie last night, which I can't well, remember the name of it. Like, we thought it was a 90s movie, but technically it was 2000. Remember how we looked up oh, and then it was true. 2000? But so all good. of her fashion is so 90s. So 90s. So good. Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford. Yes. What is the What Lies Beneath. What Lies Beneath. I was going to say while you were sleeping. I cannot remember <laughs> that. That is a 90s movie. movie. Okay. So you should read this first one. So we did, we... Each reference one of us did, and Simi, you did this one, so you start us off. Okay, number one lesson we learned in the 90s, believe in each other. In 1992, a film, A League of Their Own, is full of some pretty amazing female friendships. When most of the country thought women should stay far away from the baseball field, the women on the team, the Peaches, banded together. They support and encourage each other, cheering each other on the entire way to the World Series. This might seem cheesy, but it's key to quality friendship. Always root for each other fully. Don't forget that you're on the same team as your friend and celebrate their wins as if they are your own. As Anne Friedman and... Ami so I was like, help me with that, please. <laughs> who coined the term shine theory explain... The more your friends shine, the more you do too. Let go of the competition and comparison so you can be each other's biggest fan. Having a hype girl who supports you, has your best interest at heart, and who you know will always be in your corner is such a gift. Being there for someone through not only her her low lows, but also her successes and wins, and who will support and celebrate with you in the same way is such a rich and comforting part of friendship. Oh, this is so true. Every, so true. Every time I read it, I'm so, yeah, I still agree with that. <laughs> we wrote this a long time ago. And this is, little did we know how much more bonded we would get after we wrote this. Okay, next lesson. Texting is nice, but phone or heck in person conversations are even better. Sure, we can't all climb through each other's windows at night and hang out like the teens in Dawson's Creek did, but we can find real life ways to connect. Do you think there's any way Joey, Payson, Dawson, and their friends could have contemplated the meaning of teenage existence as thoroughly via text or DM? Us either. We found that our deepest, most meaningful conversations happen when we pick up the phone and call, or even better, when we plan a time to hang in person. Even if you first meet on the internet, getting offline and connecting through real conversation is what builds friendship. There's nothing like a long phone chat or a road trip where you get to allow your conversations to meander into intimate directions you never would have gotten via text or DMs. It's like dating. Meeting online is fine, but think of it as an introduction method only. Speaking of Dawson's Creek, it's an activity that you would frequently do with Osh when he was a baby. Didn't you watch like the seasons of Dawson's Creek? I loved snuggling with him and watching Dawson's Creek. It was like the best. That was one of my favorite things that you did as, as a infant with him the other day I don't think I've I can't remember like a time that I watched Felicity with him like in forever I mean like when he was a baby you know and I would like nurse him I'd watch Felicity but like not anytime recently and the other day he said to me I want to watch Felicity and I have no idea like where it came from but I was like oh 
quality television has been ingrained in his brain. (laughs) Okay. Next one. Stop talking about yourself and listen. In the 1995 movie Clueless, Ty and Cher were seriously bugging, each becoming so obsessed with her own life that she forgot to stop talking about herself and actually listen to her friend. It tore them apart until they realized how way harsh they were being apologized and started to show up for each other. We know social media can make you feel like you need to be some pseudo celebrity who is the center of attention, but the nineties taught us better in a real life friendship. It's essential to take time to listen to your BFF. That's so true. You're such a good listener. So are you, you're, you're really, you've taught me how to be a better listener. I think. Being around exposure therapy. Exposure (laughs) therapy. Okay, next one. Accept each other as you are, not how you want each other to be. We're all so unique from our bodies to our tastes, the way we see the world, that that's what makes the world so interesting. While bonding over similar interests and backgrounds is fun, no one wants to be friends with their clone. Allow your friend to be exactly who she is without trying to change her. At the same time, when you find a tip, insight, tool that improves your life, it's natural to want to share that with your bud. <laughs> so I'm, as I'm reading this, I'm like, this might translate better in words than in, in reading than in audio, but we're going with it. To share with your friend. Yeah. It's wonderful to share, but don't expect them to have the exact same reaction as you did. Your friend is not your project to change or make over like share to tie and clueless. If you'll recall in the 1995 classic based on Jane Austen's Emma, it's when Ty goes back to herself and share accepts her for who she is, that their real friendship can begin. And friends, Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe couldn't be more unique yet. They accept and celebrate each other's quirks without trying to change each other. We see this in Sex and the City too, where Carrie, Charlotte, and Samantha and Miranda represent four archetypes of women. Even as their lives ebb and flow through different phases, they experience different priorities and goals. They remain best friends, period. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) this is also bringing back uh, reading aloud in the 90s as you had to do as a child. (laughs) Of course, these characters have moments where they butt heads, but in the end, at the end of the day or episode, they always accept each other, strengthening their friendship. So true. Next lesson, friends can be soulmates. There's the classic line in Sex in the City where Charlotte earnestly says to the group, maybe we can be each other's soulmates and guys can just be these great, nice guys we have fun with. We think she was on to a truth that our friends can be true matches just as easily as our romantic partners. In fact, your friends might understand you and your temperament in ways that your romantic partners cannot. In our case, we found there are personality traits and aspects of ourselves that we understand about each other more easily and fully than male partners can. It's not that we don't share with them or feel comforted by them, but there's something so special about being heard by someone who you know really gets how you're feeling because she's truly felt that same way too. As relationship therapist Esther Perel explains in her work, expecting your partner to be everything to you isn't fair to them either and will only cause strain in your relationship, which is why we have friends. In our modern world, we now expect much more from our romantic partners than they did in previous generations. As Perel explains in her work, we can't expect our partners to fill roles that the entire village is used to fill. 
With social media, we're simultaneously more connected than ever, yet we feel isolated, which makes it easy to expect our romantic partners to fill in the gaps of loneliness. Finding your friend's soulmates is not only better for you as an individual, it can even improve your romantic relationship by taking the pressure off of one person to be everything to you. I love that. We covered this earlier. We were talking about this and it's so true for us. There are ways that I think you'll understand me as another woman and as just a person who's really similar to me that no romantic partner will ever really understand. Like, I feel like you get what it's like to be in my brain and me to you in a way that, you know, our partners can't. Totally which is really cool. Okay. Always tell the truth, even if it's hard. The more vulnerable you are with friends, the more comfortable your friends will be being vulnerable with you. We covered this. Vulnerability and honesty, while often uncomfortable, can lead to deep connection. Surface level friends are fine and even needed for certain areas and aspects of life, but taking an acquaintance to a full-fledged friend requires consistent mutual sharing and a certain level of trust that the information each of you divulge is held safe. Even beyond proximity, shared history, and years of friendship, mutual honesty and trust is essential for connection. In the classic rom-com from 1997, My Best Friend's Wedding with Julia Roberts. Oh my God, that movie is so good. So good. Her character, Julianne, grows apart from her best friend, Michael not simply because of time and distance, but because she fails to be honest with him about how she's feeling in their friendship. Oh my God, this is such a good movie. This is really hitting home. This ultimately leads to the demise of their relationship as they knew it. On the other hand, she is completely open, honest, and transparent with her newer friend, George, even sharing some of her flaws and shortcomings. And he ultimately becomes who she is closest with in the film. That's such a good movie. I need to rewatch that. We should one. watch that tonight. I think that's one of the best rom coms ever. It's so really do. good. Also, the fashion in that is like amazing. Mm, that wedding dress at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, and her hair. Oh, it's so good. Okay, we gotta we gotta finish this so we can go watch that movie. <laughs> okay, we got one more lesson. Last lesson. Sometimes sisters make the best friends and friends can feel like sisters. There are so many examples from the 90s depicting sisters in media. Sister, sister, two of a kind, party of five, 10 things I hate about you, and our friendship favorite, Practical Magic, just to name a few. We love that movie. (laughs) So many good moments in that movie. There is no accident that stories of loyalty, love, and tension center around these complicated sister relationships. It's a beautiful and unique bond. At the same time, so many of our favorite friendship stories develop characters in their 20s and 30s who are creating relationships with friends that become so close, they morph into a type of chosen family. Think Friends, 90210, Will and Grace, and Seinfeld, where the characters are in that season of life when they're out on their own after adolescence, early in their careers, and are becoming the people they'll be for the rest of their lives. The 90s showed us that sisters can make the best of friends and friends can truly become our sisters. This is so sweet. I love it. Yeah, that was really fun. I love it. I just want to go watch all of these things. I know. Let's do it. Is there anything else about friendship that you want to share or say? I think the only thing that I've been thinking about this whole time is how I feel like you and I have both heard from a lot of women and you'll have to tell me if you, if like I'm putting words in your mouth or if you feel like this is true, but that we both heard from a lot of women that they are so craving just really like meaningful connections and meaningful relationships and that they, they want to have close friends, but it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't, it's not always 
as easy to make friends when you're in your, you know, later twenties or thirties, like once we're out of school. And if you don't work in an office where you have lots of people who, you know, are just like organically your friends, it can be harder to meet people. And I think I, I just want to say that if someone's feeling that way, if they're feeling really lonely and that they're craving those kinds of friendships that I think it's, I think it's worth one looking at the friends that you already have in your life that you could invest more deeply in. Cause I think sometimes we overlook that or it's hard to feel grateful for what we already have. But I think a lot of times there, you know, there's plants that just need watered in our, in our life. And there might be relationships there that you could invest in. Um, and that might like be even more rich, like in this season of your life. And then also just to, you know, when you do meet someone, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to reach out to them again and and to see where it goes and to put yourself out there. Because I think that it is, it can be really hard to, to create those connections, but I think everybody wants them. Everybody needs them. It's like, it's essential as human beings, we crave connection with other people Mm -hmm. and we crave that community and we're made, we're made for that community. And I know that Katie and I, we've been talking for like almost a year now about how we want to, like we want to create an event where we can like bring a bunch of women together and talk about friendship and have like a really awesome conversation about it, but also to be a space where people like can connect and, and meet people. So mm-hmm. yeah, just, I'm just Tell thinking about, think. yeah, let's talk about it in the Facebook group and mm-hmm. on the internet. And I think what Simi's saying about friendship is nurture the garden in front of you mm-hmm. and also plant some seeds. Yeah, totally. You know? My grandma would I love a good say, gardening analogy. Yeah, same. And make new friends and keep the old. Yeah. One is silver and the other's gold. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a Girl Scout thing. But yeah, I think I've really found in this last few months, the friendships that I've already had, I've just kind of gone for depth in those and really focused on them and nurtured them. They've become so much more important to me. Mm-hmm. And that's a really beautiful thing that yeah. I've gotten that I'll hold on to forever. Anyway, I'm really, really grateful for you and I'm so proud of you and I'm proud to be your friend and I just, I love you so much. Thanks for doing this with me. I love and you I too. And I hope this is the first of many things we make and put in the world about friendship. We also have this thing in our friendship about picking zits. <laughs> <laughs> we have a small support group of like helping each other not to pick our zits. We don't pick each other's. No, we don't pick each other's. Oh, gross. <laughs> that is not what that sounded like. Oh, God. That's what it sounded like to me, but probably not to anyone else. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we help each other to, like, when we get a zip, be like, don't pick it. And it's really nice to, like, know that I can tell you when I get a zip and I'm stressed about it. It's really great. So we want to, I really want to do this. I want to write it, a zine together about how to not pick zits. It's going to be our greatest work. Yeah, I think so. We'll do, it. <laughs> we'll do that someday. We're going to make an event about friendship where people can come and meet. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's coming in this very soon. Simi's cooking up a baby right now. I'm making things where it's not going to be any time very soon, but it will happen. Soonish. Soonish. Okay. What are you working on though? That's soon. Working on soon other than this baby. Um, <laughs> the main thing. Yes. You're cooking up. A summer membership, a three month mini membership called Well and Being. It is to help women feel more grounded in their bodies, feel more at home in their bodies by the end of the summer. So from June to August. I will be supporting women to eat more intuitively, feel more connected to their bodies, improve their body image. 
move more joyfully and just be more present in their lives. You're so good at those things and you do those things. You help me with all of those things all the time. So this is basically your way to kind of be a really good friend to a lot of people at once. I just feel like what it sounds like to me. I just really, really wanted to create something for the summertime to support the women who I'm lucky enough to connect with. And I feel like summertime, like the pressure to diet can be so high. Mm -hmm. The body discomfort can feel so high. Like people can just be so like harsh to themselves and it can feel like such a time of like waging war against our bodies And I wanted to create kind of the antidote for that and an opportunity for someone to spend the next three months, literally every single day. So I'm going to send daily emails every morning with support and encouragement and reflection and all of that, like on these topics. And then once a month, we'll do a membership mastermind, like a live call together, like the whole community. But I just feel like if a woman can spend, I I say it's like two to 10 minutes a day. If you can spend two to 10 minutes a day creating quality connection with yourself imagine how different you'll feel three months later, like at the end of the summer versus a normal summer where you spend all summer trying to like fix your body or manipulate your body or beating yourself up. Speaking of friendship, I feel like it's really, to me, well and being is about creating a friendship like with yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes me want to cry. I I just, I remember you telling me about the idea and me thinking it was really cool, but then getting really scared for you and being like, oh my God, you're writing an email every single day to everyone. And I really didn't want you to do it. I don't know if selfishly I was like, oh gosh, this is my friend. How are you going to be able to text me every day? <laughs> but honestly, you, I'm so excited and proud of you for making this. It looks beautiful too. Like well, that. I can take no credit for that. That's all the Wonder Jam. But Allie and Adam at the Wonder Jam. We love them. Yes. But also... It's so beautiful. And I was just so excited to see you start to share about it. And anyway, I just am glad it exists. And it's cool that you, I get to share my best friend with a bunch of people and other people get access to you. And you've helped me so much in food and body image. And we're not talking about that today, but we have on past episodes and we will again. And you're just so nurturing and smart and inclusive and kind and just such a good person to help. You've helped me so much with my body image and food struggles and knowing that I can just talk to you about that all the time. And I've gotten so much richness from following you on Instagram and like actually using your work. So anyway, let's do the deep breath together that we do now. So we take a deep breath and let it out. So ready? Inhale, let it out. Thank you for being my friend and doing this and let's go watch movies and get cozy. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Katie, and for being just the most wonderful friend. I love you. Bye. All right, you guys, that was my 17th episode with Simi. I don't know. I've lost count. But if you liked that, go back and listen to the plethora of other episodes I've recorded with her as the guest. We did one about pregnancy and motherhood. She's pregnant right now. And Simi gets really, really sick when she's pregnant. So a huge, you know, thank you to her for doing this episode with me even though she was nauseous because she's nauseous for the entirety of her pregnancy. But if you want to learn more about her, definitely follow her in all of the places, but you can go back to our previous episodes and listen to more of her adorable laugh. 
Speaking of friendship, I mentioned the book Text Me When You Get Home in this episode, and the author of Text Me When You Get Home, Kayleen Schaefer, is a friend of mine and someone who did this podcast about a year ago. If you haven't listened to that episode, definitely listen to that episode and read that book. Maybe buy it for your friend. I love it so much. It, it's just such a beautiful you know, love letter to female friendship, and I think it's really cool. So check that out. Also, enter the giveaway and come to Emerge with me. It's going to be so great. I would love to see you there. I'm so excited for this lounge. It's it's honestly the coolest thing I've gotten to do in my career, for sure, because I got to see the setup the other day. Kim and I had a meeting where she showed me what the setup is going to look like and the stage where I'm going to be interviewing people, and I'm going to be able to interview some of the artists that I love so much. It's just a really cool experience. Kim and her husband are such lovely people and I rob her husband. I'm getting to interview and it's just going to be such a beautiful thing. And you'll get to hear more from Kim and Rob at Emerge. You'll get to hear all these live episodes that I'm recording. So that's coming soon. And hopefully I'll get to see lots of you there, but definitely at least two of you with this giveaway. So enter the giveaway. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, but first, likes and learns. So I've given a lot of things that I like in New York City, but I haven't really mentioned other places around the country. And since I was just in Columbus with Simi for this episode, I and I've been to Columbus several times to visit her. I go at least a couple times a year. I thought I would share some of my favorite places that Simi's taken me to in Columbus, because if you live in Columbus, you should go check them out. And then it's a place to visit. You know, it's a really cool city and definitely in the summer would be a a fun place to visit. It's beautiful. There are lovely people there and, you know, it's pretty affordable, I think. So check it out. Columbus. This is this episode is not sponsored by the Columbus Welcome Committee, but you know, I'd be open to it. So in Columbus, one of my favorite places is this place, Alchemy, that Semi and I's mutual friend Alexis owns. There's a couple locations, I believe, and it was one of the first places that Semi took me to. They have acebos and toasts and like gluten-free donuts, and it's just a lovely, lovely place. And then there's another smoothie juice place called Native that makes beautiful bowls and juices and smoothies and they come in glass bottles and they're lovely and it's right by Simi's house. So I spent a lot of time there this week. And then there's this place, this coffee shop next door called Fox in the Snow that's really beautiful that they love. And then we went out to dinner at this place called Commune, which is a just a lovely light-filled vegetarian restaurant. It kind of reminds me of ABCV in New York, if you've been there or heard of that, but it was just so delicious. This We had this broccoli with like a cashew lemon situation sauce that was my favorite of the things we had. The cocktails were spectacular. Anyway, I'll be back in Columbus for a podcasting festival that I'm speaking at and Simi's actually emceeing. So we will both be there as well as the girls from Almost 30 and my friend Sam and Kelsey Patel and quite a few people that are really, really lovely. So if you would like to come to that, that may be a great time to visit Columbus. And I would love to do a Let It Out meetup over that festival in September. So hopefully I will see you there. And then my learn for this week, I have a journaling prompt for you. So this is something I made up and did the other day on a plane on my way to Columbus, actually. 
And I was feeling really down, honestly, on my way there. I was just really depressed, to be honest. And I did this exercise for myself because I felt like I had so much against me. I felt like just really low, honestly. I'd hurt my leg, you guys. So if anyone has any tips, I hurt like the butt muscle, honestly, and it goes all the way down to my ankle. And so I haven't been able to, you know, go to the class and go to my Pilates class and do the things that I normally do in New York City because I've been in pain and having to rest that, which has honestly been good for me. But my point is that's one example of something that I felt like was against me. And then I had like a plethora of other things that just like weren't going my way or this thing didn't pan out or blah, blah, blah. I was feeling really down and just like, you know, in it. So I wrote down everything that was against me and I just like got it all out of my head and I let it out onto the page and I felt a little lighter. And then on the other side of the paper, I wrote out what's for me. So I wrote out all of my privilege, all the things I did have, all of the things I did have going for me. And the fact that like I could walk, you know, maybe it sort of hurt, but at least I had two legs and at least I had this and I had this and I had this. And by the time I got done with that list, the other list felt a lot less important and I felt a little bit lighter and it didn't make all my problems go away. It didn't make me feel better instantly, but it put me into this place of awareness and power that felt really useful. And I wanted to share it with you in case it's useful for you too. Call your friend, tell them you love them. Something I've been doing that Simi mentioned in this episode was whenever I think of someone, I just text them and I just tell them instantly instead of thinking of them and forgetting about it and thinking I wanted to text them and then so much time passes and whatever. Text your friends. Tell them that you love them. Maybe send them this episode. And let Semi and I know if you would want to come to like a friendship extravaganza. Maybe we'll do like a, you know, friendship festival or I don't know, something cool together. I think it'd be really fun. Another thing I want to tell you, Simi's son, Osh, you know, he's worth the follow of Simi just for him. He's the cutest kid in the world. And not to brag, but I taught him the word celebration this weekend. I kept being like, he had to go to swim team and he was really nervous to go to a swim lesson. So I was like, we'll have a celebration after. And then ever since then, he would jump up and down and just say, celebration, celebration, celebration. It was the cutest thing ever. So have a celebration this week. We don't do it enough. And you know, it's something to, there's always something to celebrate. Huge thank you to Ned for sponsoring today's show. Ned makes CBD products that I love. They are different from anything else out there because they are organic and derived from natural whole ingredients. Their farmer is this lovely guy who infuses the plants with positive vibes and love and gratitude and even plays music for the plants. I think that's really, really sweet and lovely. And they're, like I said, non-GMO. They use this gentle, slow extraction process that makes them different from anything else out there because they extract from the hemp flowers, otherwise known as the buds. And that makes the plant even more powerful and allows you to get the benefits of CBD better. So here's the thing. What is CBD? CBD is non-psychoactive. It's not what you think of traditionally when you think of using, you know, a product that is a cannabis product. CBD is Again, not going to make you high, but it might help you with sleep. It's anti-inflammatory. It's a natural pain reliever. It's been used to treat anxiety and PTSD. It helps me with my anxiety and my depression. I use it. I love it. I just enjoy it. 
and maybe you want to try it. If you do, do it with the code because you can get 15% off. So go to www.helloned slash let it out and use the code let it out to get 15% off your order and free shipping. All right. I've rambled for quite a while. The emoji for this week's episode is two girls with a heart. That's the one. So comment that on my Instagram, on Semi's Instagram, on Ned's Instagram, on Emerge, wherever you want to comment it. Just let me know that you're listening all the way to the rambly, bitter end. You guys are great. I really love all of the messages I've been getting lately that this season of the podcast over the last six months has been vulnerable and open and useful to you in some way. It's been really useful to me too. And I love you so much. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.